We now present to you our first of which we hope our monthly podcast called The Mountain Care Old Time Radio Hour. Join us on a journey to the golden age of radio on our time machine back to the 1930s and 40s. We are your hosts, Bob Jackson and... Barb Williams. And we are joined today by our Mountain Care Drama Club. Today's episode includes songs from Glenn Miller, our Drama Club renditions of Abbott and Costello, a short mystery detective program, five questions with Sam Wolfenton, and our Remember When talking topics from the 1930s and 40s. Hey, Barb, what are some of your most fond memories of listening to the radio? My favorite memory comes from when I was a young girl, and my father, every night at, before bed, would turn on the radio, the great old-fashioned kind that was in a big wooden cabinet, and um, we kids, my brothers and my sister and I, would gather around and listen to the good old music and some of the um, uh, plays that, that would be put on. Some of, I remember my, some of my very favorites included Burns and Allen, also um, Abbott and Costello. Um, the Lone Ranger was, a, was one that we listened to very frequently and, and uh, just shows, shows like that and just brings back really, really fond memories. Oh, that's awesome. For me, it was listening to baseball games. Uh, the voices of Ernie Harwell, Jack Buck, Mel Allen, Vince Scully. They had this magic way of bringing the game to life with just words. You know, talking about radio and baseball, here's Drama Club with the famous Abbott and Costello, Who's on First? Well, Costello, I'm going to New York with you. You know, Bookie Harris, the Yankees manager, gave me a job. as the coach as long as you're on the team. Look, Abbott, if you're the coach, you must know all the players. I certainly do. Well, you know, I've never met the guys, so you'll have to tell me their names, and then I'll know who's playing on the team. Oh, I'll tell you their names, but you know, it seems to me these, they give these ball players nowadays very peculiar names. You mean funny names? Strange names, pet names, like Dizzy Dean. His brother Daffy. Daffy Dean. And their French cousin. French. Gouffet. Gouffet Dean, Dean. Well, let's see. We have all the, the, the bags. We have it all in the bags. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find out. When I say who's on first, who's what's on second, I don't know who's on third. Are you the manager? Yes. You're going to be the coach too? Yes. And you don't know the fellow's names? Well, I should. Well, then who's on first? Yes. I mean the fellow's name. Who? The guy on first. Who? The first baseman. Who? The guy playing... The who's on first. Who is on first? I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. That's it. That's who? Yes. Look, you got a first baseman. Certainly. Who's playing first? That's right. When you pay off the first baseman every month, who gets the money? Every dollar of it. All I'm trying to find out is the fellow's name on first base. Who? The guy that gets... That's it. 
Who gets the money? He does, every dollar. Sometimes his wife comes and collects it. Whose wife? Yes. What's wrong with that? Look, all I want to know is when you signed the first baseman, how does he sign his name? Who? The guy. Who? How does he sign? That's how he signs it. Who? Yes. All I'm trying to find out find out is what's the guy's name on first base. No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, don't change the players around. I'm not changing nobody. Take it easy, buddy. I'm only asking you who's the guy on first base. That's right. Okay. All right. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. He's on third. You're not talking about him. Now, how did I get on third base? Why, well, you mentioned his name. If I mentioned the first third baseman's name, who did I say is playing third? No, who is playing first? What's on base? What's on second? I don't know. He's on third. There I go, back on third again. Would you say on... Would you just stay on third base and don't go off it? All right. What do you want to know? Now who's playing third base? Why do you sit and put what, who on third base? What am I putting on third? No, what is on second? You don't want who on second? Who is on first? I don't know. Third, third base. base. Look, you got an outfield? Sure. The left fielder's name? Why? I just thought I'd ask you. Why well, I just thought I'd tell you. Then tell me who's playing left field. Who is playing first? I'm not. Stay out of the infield. I want to know what the guy's name in left field is. No, what is on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. Third base. The left fielder's name? Why? Because. Oh, that's Centerfield. He's Centerfield. Look, you got a pitcher on this team? Sure. The pitcher's name? Tomorrow. You don't want to tell me today? I'm telling you now. Then go ahead. Tomorrow. What time? What time what? What time tomorrow are you going to tell me who's not pitching? Now listen, who is not pitching? I'll break your arm. You say who's on first. I want to know what's the pitcher's name. What's on second? I don't know. Third, Third base. base. Got a catcher? Certainly. The catcher's name? Today. Today and tomorrow's pitching. Now you got it. All we got is a couple of days on the team. You know I'm a catcher too. So they tell me. I get behind the plate to do some fancy catching. Tomorrow's pitching on my team and a heavy hitter gets up. Now the heavy hitter bunts the ball. When he bunts the ball, me being a good catcher, I'm going to throw the guy out at first base. So I pick up the ball and throw it to who? Now that's the first thing you've said right. I don't even know what I'm talking about. That's all you have to do. Is to throw the ball to first base. Yes. Now who's got it? Naturally. Look, if I throw the ball to first base, somebody's got to get it. Now who has it? Naturally. 
Ooh, naturally. Naturally? Naturally. So I pick up the ball and I throw it to naturally. No, you don't. You throw the ball too. Naturally. That's different. That's what I said. You're not saying it. I throw the ball to naturally. You throw it to who? Naturally. That's it. That's what I said. You asked me. I throw the ball to who? Naturally. Now you ask me. You throw you the ball. <clears throat> you throw the ball to who? Naturally. That's it. Same as you. Same as you. I throw the ball to who? Whoever it is drops the ball and the guy runs to second. Who picks up the ball and throws it to what? What throws it to I don't know? I don't know throws it back to tomorrow. Triple play. Another guy gets up and hits a long fly ball to because. Why? I don't know. He's on third and I don't give a damn. What? Darn. <laughs> what? I said I don't give a darn. Oh, he's our shortstop. Oh, classic, classic. Thank you, Barb and Susan, so for Abbott and Costello. Ah, uh, now, for our first featured artist of our podcast, it is Glenn Miller from the complete Glenn Miller, Volume 9. Here is Glenn Miller with a pink cocktail for a blue lady. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
Now for my favorite segment of our show, Five Questions With. Today's guest is Sam Wolferton. Sam is a World War II veteran, a proud native of Pennsylvania, and one of the wisest individuals I have ever had the pleasure of knowing. Thank you, Sam, for agreeing to be on our very first podcast. Um, and today's episode is being recorded all together fittingly out in our garden. So you might hear this background sounds of water running and birds chirping during our interview. And that's just perfect. Um, good morning, Sam. How you doing? Doing good. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing excellent. And Sam, I'm so excited um, that we are recording our first five questions with Sam. Here is your very first question on five questions with. What are your favorite memories of growing up in Pennsylvania? Oh, and growing up, the variety of opportunities. Uh, we have two cities, one at each head of the state. Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Yeah, well, absolutely. But I would like to talk about Philadelphia. It's The floor's yours. Thank you. Uh, before I do, uh, thank you, Bob, for having me on your program. I, I'm honored and thrilled. Look forward to it. Thank you, Sam. Ah, yeah. Philadelphia, what you got? One of the things that the one will see upon entering the city is Billy Penn statue at the very top okay. of C City Hall. And for the longest time, he was there standing alone. Now, with progress and construction, he is no longer the highest. Who's the highest now? I, one of the one of the corporate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, from there, uh, there the, the main articles, art, arteries in the city is Broad Street and Market. Broad and Market. And uh, when it goes south, around uh, Independence Hall. Okay. And the Liberty in its all its glory <laughs> is a main attraction at that part of the <laughs> Excuse me. I'm going to have a drink of water. Okay. Yeah, you're talking about statues in Philadelphia, Sam, and, and one of the statues that came to my mind is none other than Rocky Balboa. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> we will get there. Anyway, <clears throat> by going south on Broad Street, you encounter the Academy of Music, okay. which is world-class teaching, the Academy. And then you continue on, and you come down to the Italian market. <laughs> And anyone who knows the Italian market, it's, it's a, a joy and a thrill. And you can hear people say, it's a good. <laughs> <laughs> or some of them will say, trivia. Every day, the vendors there bring their own 
new produce, and it, that could that could uh, be the gambit of of uh, produce and cheeses, uh, and and it's just a joyful place. So if you go to the Italian market, you're very near the navy yard. The navy yard's a major port, and where ships of the United States Navy are uh, refurbished for going to sea again, are restored to being able to travel to the ports of the world. So then you could go from there to the Art Museum, which is on uh, the um, head of the parkway. And uh, you, it, it has been honored by Sil Stallone with a statue of the immortal Rocky Balboa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes, but uh, and nearby is the aquarium as well. So then you can come in and to the center city. And if you were hungry, there are wonderful restaurants, one of which is at, uh, the uh, name escapes me at the moment, but I'll remember it. <laughs> yes, uh, Philadelphia, uh, at one time was not considered uh, the best in the world to eat, but it has made a dramatic change and will be, they would equal their restaurants with the best of the world. Well, if we're talking Philadelphian food, I do have to ask you, Sam, the best place to get a Philly cheesesteak? Gino's. <laughs> Gino's. Uh, and do you like Philly cheesesteaks? Yes, I do indeed. Well, you can't be from Philly and say no to that question, That's can you? That's a question. No, no, no. That's a very good question. And uh, Philly is uh, known for the uh, cheesesteak. Well, Sam, what else do you want to tell us about uh, the great city of Philadelphia or the great state of Pennsylvania? Well, I'd like to limit today, maybe another time, we'll speak about Pennsylvania uh, and the couple of Harrisburg and Pittsburgh and the Steelers. They love their city. But uh, the Eagle... <laughs> Today's focus is Philadelphia and, and, yeah. and so the Eagles. You give a shout out to the Eagles. That's right. So anyway, uh, the zoo is marvelous. Uh, it, the parks, known as Fairmount Park, is available to the public. And they're well maintained and uh, well patrolled. So it's, everyone is safe to go there. The city, city, it, it reeks. It reeks history. 
Reeks history. That's a that's a good thing to read. Yeah. Um, well, Sam, I'm gonna move on to question number two now. Um, my oh. my second question. Oh, we're for jumping you. away for Philly. For for now, we'll come back to Philly. I got to get all five questions on because the segment is called Five Questions with. So uh, my second question for you, Sam. Who was or is your most positive influence in your life? Give me a moment to think about that. Well, okay. I can't, you know, Bob, if one lives as I have, uh, you could have more than one. But you're 96 years old, correct, Sam? That is correct. Okay, so yeah, yeah, you can have more than one. You can have as many as you want. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Bob. <laughs> but I'm going to two. Two, okay. One, my grandfather. My grandfather was of the old school in which you uh, roll up your sleeves. And what that indicates is go to work. <laughs> Yeah, that was my grandfather, and that's what I aspire to do. Not a, not only in in honor of him, but it's a meaningful pursuit. Do you agree, Bob? I agree, and it's funny. My, my answer to, to that question, if someone asked me, would be the same. My grandfather had such a such a positive influence yeah. on me. All right, so Sam, you said there's no, two. No, 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 no. Oh, no, we're still on your grandfather. Okay. No, we'll move off. All right, who's the second? The second was my Sunday school teacher and whom uh, was able to uh, bring Jesus alive, vibrant, and uh, it touched me. And to this day, uh, I thank that young man who taught us about Jesus. Thank you, Sam. Uh, question number three. I, I mentioned it at the beginning. You are a World War II veteran. Oh, yeah. Um, served in the Navy yeah. um, during major portions of uh, World War II. And you lived on a boat for a year and a half during that time. Um, so, so what was the um, toughest thing about living on a boat during the war? And what was some of your fond memories of the Navy? Yeah. Well, Bob, I don't mean to be critical of you, but we call the ship. Oh, not a boat, a <laughs> ship. <laughs> I apologize, Sam. No, no, well, <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, I was at sea. Uh, I was a naval officer, a graduate of Annapolis, Cornell, and uh, one of the most daunting things when you're at sea and you're a, a lowly ensign as I was still I had officer responsibilities and we took turns and uh, 
when it came at night, you're on the bridge by yourself, the ship is going, and uh, they're responsible for the security. Not only security, but where it's going. So, during World War II, now bear my Bob, we traveled at night without light because we didn't alert the submarines uh, in the area where we were. So we, we ran with light out, out. So that was daunting and uh, I remember it well. About the food on the ship. Oh, well, that, that's, that's a marvelous question. <laughs> I'll tell you why. When we, we hit the ports uh, in the Pacific, uh, we would send some person ashore and he would look for the very best food. Now, is this someone with a lower rank than you? <laughs> that sounds a little funny. <laughs> Well, I was the lowest rake in the vet officers. Okay. But I did have privileges. <laughs> anyway, we sent people in and they got the best food and we had our own wardrobe. Uh, do, you, do you know what they were? Oh, no. Well, that's where we had our meals. And uh, it, it was pleasant. And our food, we never, we never suffered for lack of good food. Good, good. Well, Sam, thank you so much for your service there. Um, question number four. Now, you just had an anniversary recently. Um, your wife, Anne-Marie. Um, yes, Anne-Marie, love her. So, so I have a question about um, when you and Anne-Marie were dating, what was your favorite date spot that you and Anne-Marie would go to? All right, it's in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, yes. Yes. So we can. I told you we'd get back to Philadelphia. <laughs> no, 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 not Philadelphia. Okay. This is called uh, Lumberville. Lumberville. Now, why is it called Lumberville? At that time, centuries, not centuries, but a long time ago, the Delaware River had adjacent to it a canal. The canal was a means of sending logs from Easton to Philadelphia, navigating on the water. They utilized the canal. Anyway, midway was this little hamlet. It was too small to be called a town, but so wonderful and, and beautiful, there was there uh, an old inn called the Black Bass, and also nearby was a more modern one. In recently, uh, in recent years, was all the it's an upscale, but uh, also. Or, or several cottages 
of stone painted in gay colors. So can you imagine this beautiful canal, the river on the other side, and these lovely cottages? A wonderful place to live and be romantic. I am a romantic. <laughs> <laughs> so that is that is the spot that you would take Anne Marie yes. dur during the, the first dates. Yes, yes. Now, Bob, also uh, located there with a span, a walking span, if you will, from the Pennsylvania side to the New Jersey side. And it was a wonderful, wonderful walk. It's where my dad, I'll tell you confidentially. Well, no, don't tell me anything confidentially. Well, We're on a yeah. podcast here. <laughs> no, if, I, I, I will not. Okay. Well, Sam, I have a fun question for us. Okay. What is your favorite dessert? My, my favorite dessert? Yeah. You're assuming I'm eating desserts? I assume you eat desserts. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to mention several. Okay. Several. You you have the right to give me as many desserts as you want. And you'll be invited to bite <laughs> to have them. Uh, one is a, a peach cobbler okay. by Anne Marie. The second is a pound cake made by Anne-Marie's sister, Beth. Okay. Another is a pound cake by Earl Jackson, Edward Jackson, friend of mine. Pound cake. And the very last, made commercially, is the <laughs> brick cream brulee. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, well, Sam, those were my five questions, but as always, you have the right to add in anything else that you want. Well, as you know, the, you, you can't capture the whole uh, gamut <laughs> of what is available in the time of an interview. Well, it just means we'll have to do another one sometime soon. I would look forward to that, and... Uh, just be gracious and uh, thankful for the opportunity. Well, thank you. And that was Five Questions with Sam. Now, keeping on with our Glenn Miller, here is the Old Black Magic. Thank you. 
Uh, one of the most popular shows on the radio during the 1930s and 40s were detective and crime fighting shows like Sherlock Holmes, Dragnet, The Shadow, The Lone Ranger, and The Green Hornet. Now for Drama Club with a short mystery called The Incident at the Cavern. Welcome to a five-minute mystery radio program. Today's episode, The Incident at the Cavern. Our story takes place in western North Carolina. Biltmore Hospital, Dr. Melville speaking. Doctor, doctor, there's been an Accident? What kind of accident? I hope you know how to get to the caverns, Jane. Well, being the town sheriff and ambulance driver, I reckon I know how to get everywhere here. Have you ever been inside those caverns, Jane? Once, when I was a girl, there was one treacherous place, let me tell you. You mean it's easy for one to get lost there? Not only that, but also carbon dioxide there. All of a sudden, you run into the stuff and bam, you're out. But still, people seem to like to go sp exploring there. More fools to be. I never go there without Karen's, to the Karen's without a dog. A dog? What for? If the dog drops down, then you know when to turn back. Well, I'm sorry to say, Joe, but your friend is dead. Poor George. It was from the gate, wasn't it, Doc? That's what it looks like to me. Why did you guys go up there anyway, Hal? George asked me to go. He really wanted to see in there. How far did you go in? We didn't go far, but all of a sudden we had lost our way. Where was that? I couldn't say, as I said we were lost. We tried to trace our way back. It was strange and all. George being such a big guy and being scared and all. Yes, he was a rather big and tall man. Yes, six foot four. And then what happened? Well, I was a little scared, too. We were walking in the dark, and then all of a sudden, George falls. From the gas? Yes, that's what I figure. I guess he hit his head on the rock when he fell. I suppose you reckon yourself pretty lucky, don't you? Well, I figure it's cause I'm only five foot, if three, if, and that's why I got out alive. The gas must have been just about a foot over my head. What do you think about that, Doctor? I think you better arrest Joe for the murder of his friend. What was the flaw in Joe's story? Do you know it? In a moment, the good doctor will let you know. And now for the solution. Hey, Jane, let me 
put my hands down. They're getting tired. Not until you're in jail and not a second before. I don't get it. I told a good story. How did you know? Jane told me that they used to take dogs into the caverns to test for gas. The dog would feel it first. So with you being shorter than George, you would have passed out before him. Well, I guess nowadays if you get into this murder racket, you better have a college education. Ah, <laughs> uh, now one more Glenn Miller song, and in honor of our um, love for the Wizard of Oz and Drama Club performing the Wizard of Oz this year, here's Glenn Miller with Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead. segment and this one is called Remember When. Today's panel guests for Remember When are Mountain Care Drama Club members. I Remember When we pick a topic from the golden age of 1930s and 40s for our esteemed guests to discuss. Today's topic is that of dancing. Um, Barb will you share a story with us from your days, younger days and dancing? Sure. When I was in high school, we would have periodic dances, and this particular dance, I 
um, had a crush on a certain boy. And every so often during, during the evening, they would have a ladies' choice dance. So when I had, they announced the ladies' choice, I knew just the guy I wanted to ask, and I didn't waste any time, and I just headed straight across the gymnasium, got halfway there. I was out in the middle of the gymnasium all by myself when I went plop flat on my butt <laughs> in front of the whole Old school. school. <laughs> and that's, that's my story about dancing. Well, I'm joined here with Phyllis, too. Phyllis, what was your favorite style of dancing when you were younger? Square dancing. Do you still do it now? I like to. They're not much around anymore, but I love square dancing. So, idea for us here, we got to get a square dance going. Uh, Paul, what type of dance were you involved with when you were younger? Rock and roll. Rock and roll dance. Elvis Presley and Johnny B. Good. Fast-moving athletic dances. Fast-moving. Uh, joined here with Cecil. Cecil, your favorite type of dancing? Shag. The shag. Uh, Brenda, do you have a dancing story for us? When I was a little girl, every Saturday, my mom, my uh, dad, and my little brother and I would have a, a dance marathon. And my dad taught me how to dance by putting me on his feet and walking me around the room in a rhythmic action. And so I was dancing the day away with my dad. That's good. Yeah. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. That is our blast from the past. Thank you for joining us on a journey down memory lane. And as always, may your troubles be less, your blessings be more, and nothing but happiness come through your door. So join us next month on the Mountain Care Old Time Radio Hour.